welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Did you know there is an easy way to help support the podcast and keep the show going? Buy Me a Coffee is an incredible new platform where you, the loyal Block Talk audience, can say thank you to your favorite host. All you have to do is show support with a few taps by leaving a little tip that's just like buying me a cup of coffee. And the great thing is, you don't even need to create an account. Visit buymeacoffee.com slash blocktalk and keep blocktalk going strong like a cup of coffee. And as always, follow me on Instagram at michaelblocktalk, on Twitter at blocktalknyc, and visit theaternow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. It's time to take a trip to the Moulin Rouge, where there is drama in the air. It's Rusical Week, and things got tense on the casting couch. But was it all worth it? You're about to find out. It's time to talk all things Drag Race 14. And joining me in Mama Z's Gold Club is the fabulous Nani Tsunami. Hello. How's it going? How are you? I am lovely. I'm a little tired, but, you know, trying to pick it up. You know what? Booked and blessed. Not a bad thing to be. Absolutely. Well, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Welcome to the show. First time on. Um, how have you been enjoying the season so far? Come again? How have you been enjoying the season so far? I I like it. I've, I've been hearing a lot of opinions that it's an unpopular season. It's too long. It's too this. I enjoy long seasons of Drag Race. I love Drag Race. I love drag. It's one of the, it's one of my favorite shows. So give me as many episodes as possible. I love seeing it. It inspires me so much in terms of looks and just personalities and, and, and getting to see the roads that people take to drag. It's yeah. so it's so fun and it's so inspiring to watch. So I keep them coming. Do you have any favorites from season 14? Um, right now, I think my favorites are Angeria, Willow Pill, Bosco, I love Jasmine because I I love someone that's not afraid to say what's on their mind. And I know yeah. she had a lot of black for talking a lot, but she's also, I, I've met her in person several times. She's a total sweetie. And I love someone that's just like, this is what I'm thinking. This is what's, you know, this is, this is what I'm thinking. It's what I'm feeling. I, I love that. So she was definitely a favorite of mine, but in terms of like current, current standing girls, it's definitely Bosco and Jiria Willow. Right. Yeah, you know, this is a, I, I feel like I've said this on the podcast before, but it's a strong season in the sense that they're not people that were predicted to be on the season. They're real drag artists, and it's giving us all hope. Absolutely. And that's what I like. And you know, it, it's almost anyone's game to win. And we'll get to the finale like in a year. Who knows? Uh, but <laughs> I'm excited. I, I'm having fun. Um, now, listeners, if you hear something different coming out of me, it's because I am so fucking congested. Like, literally, you can't see the snot coming out of my nose, but we're going to power through this podcast. Uh, well, Nani is so time. gracious to deal with me like this. But, listeners, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm going to try. Too, so I'm <laughs> I, I can't judge. I'm pretty congested myself. My, my allergies have really been acting up lately. Guys, it's killing me. But, you know, it's going to be fun. 
uh, because this is a fucking episode. I love a good musical. This may honestly be one of the best musicals that they've produced. Ding, ding, ding. I agree with that. Um, we're getting better. And you know who? You know who's making things good? It's Leland. Oh, absolutely. I think one of the things about the musicals and just like musical pieces in general is the writing. The writing, if the writing's not good, it does not matter how much you put into the production of it all. It's just not going to be good. The writing is the foundation. It's the same thing with like girl group challenges and stuff like that on Drag Race. If the writing's not good, everything falls apart. And I think that the writing has improved That's tenfold it. over the past couple seasons. I agree. Well, we're going to get there, but let's start at the beginning of the episode. We're going to go straight with the intro package because, well, we saw what happened after the elimination last week already. It's a new day. The girls walk into the workroom to see Jasmine's novel. Um, that made them even more exhausted. But the longest fuck message is Jasmine's way to continue talking to them beyond the grave. Is there enough cleaner to wipe it off? To be seen. But Jasmine is going to add one final dig in her mirror message as she wants Deja, Angie, and Georges to go all the way. And we get that face crack on Miss Diabetti. Girl, your storyline not over with Jasmine yet. I mean common sense would tell you if you've been arguing with a girl all season she's not going to be like i want you to win like girl in what world like diabetti don't get me wrong diabetti is a fabulous fabulous drag artist and does a lot of really beautiful conceptual looks on and off of drag race but if you've been bickering with someone for the better part of a month a month and a half in this highly stressful situation once they leave they're gonna they want their friends to to go far they want the people that they connected with to go far i'm not i'm not cheering for the girl that's been preying on my downfall that's fair now do you think it was fair or necessary for jasmine to call them out as people she wants to win publicly like she could have written in her mess like a little note to them i mean it's not if we're going to keep it all the way real the mirror message in general is not necessary they're like you say the last thing you need to say <laughs> before all that but i i think that it's being perceived as i want the rest of them to fail and i think her intention was more i want these people who i love and i'm close to to succeed i get that i'm here for it and honestly jasmine knows how to make good tv she she clearly knows she's doing in this moment absolutely (laughs) There, she's, she's probably going to be a girl that's on All Stars almost immediately because she she is fantastic television. Absolutely. I mean, she is officially the most lip sync diva in Drag Race history with six lip syncs in a season. Right. But in a competition to be a giant hoe, Bosco says no one's going to beat her. She's 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 going to win. Bosco is using residual anger to fuel her going forward. So Deja asks if they had any takeaways from last week, aside from not never wanting to do Snatch Game again. Daya learned Rue wants to see more of you than the person you're trying to be. And Georges learned shit. And she's got that smug face on it. I'm like, you are such a child, but I still am enamored by you. I'm in love. Oh, absolutely. Georges, I think Georges speaks to a lot of our inner, like, innermost thoughts where like if you know how someone will give you this long-winded thing even though they really didn't learn anything and george is just like baby i didn't learn anything i don't yeah 
I'm not about to sit here and give y'all this like long-winded Miss America kind of answer to make it sound like what I think everyone else is gonna say or fit into that. I think George's George's is very unapologetically herself and it's a very it's a very love it or shove it kind of situation. You can take yeah. it or not, but I personally I love it, even if it doesn't come out the way that people think that it should, you know? Absolutely. Well, Rue arrives after a Paris-inspired video message. While they may not be going to Paris with Rue and her gold blazer, they will be going to the gay Paris in the most romantic musical of all time, Moulin Rue, inspired by the musical on Broadway. Have you gotten to see Moulin Rouge on Broadway? I have not, but Same. I was obsessed with the, the, the movie because yeah. I was completely obsessed with that music video for Lady Marmalade. I think what when did Moulin Rouge come out? 2002? 2001 or 2000, oh, 2000. I was eight or nine years old. So, you know, the subject matter flew completely over my head, but that music video <laughs> will forever live on. Like I I find myself every now and again Googling like not only the video, but like the live performances that they did at like the Grammys yeah. and the the VMAs and stuff like that. That was such an iconic moment. Not only for music, but like for women's collaborations in music. Because you very rarely get a group of girls. You get like two two titan divas or like a a, a singer and a rapper and that. And, but like to get four girls who are at the top of their genres come together and really just give you this beautiful collaboration that essentially lives on in history you put lady marmalade on in any club and the girls will go up absolutely i mean i've said many times i've i've posed it as like an icebreaker question to people like if you could remake uh lady marmalade now what four artists would you use um i'm not going to put you on the spot now um listeners if you want to dm us let us know who you want but i'm going to say right now based on uh last night's grammys or grammys oscars megan the stallion put her on it right now signed sealed delivered Oh, absolutely. I I mean, I know you said you didn't want to put me on the spot, but I can definitely do it. Let's hear it. Megan the Stallion on the rap, um, Dua Lipa. Yeah. Ariana Grande. Okay. And um, as a wild card, because I know that this really isn't her vibe, Summer Walker for, for right. mine. Because I would it would have to be a girl like it would have to be someone who gives that R&B flavor, but still kind of can give a pop sound. And I wouldn't want anyone to quote unquote big. Yeah. Like for example, if you if you throw Beyonce in that mix, she's immediately the headliner. Yeah. I, I think it would be a good, she'd be, she'd be a good fit for like that collection of girls where like that collaboration elevates everybody, you yeah. know? So, yeah, I, I've said it um, my part. Uh, many, uh, many times that I would love to hear a, a redo of um, uh, uh, Barbra Streisand, Donna Summer, let it be Beyonce and Lady Gaga. Let them do that as the new uh, duet. Oh, I, I, oh, absolutely. absolutely. Enough is enough. Do it already. <laughs> well, this, that could be our, an entire podcast. Maybe we'll have, I'll have to have you back on to redo um, classic songs as uh, predicting who could do it. But I think you're right. Whenever, when it comes on the radio, when it comes on at the club, everyone has their part in Lady Marmalade. Um, I usually would go toward Pink, Pink, because I loved Pink back in the day. 
Uh, oh, yeah. who, who is yours? Pink, Absolutely. honestly, low-key, if they remade that video with the original cast, Pink looks virtually the same. It's true. It's true. And so who was your go-to? Hmm? Who was your go-to in the song? Uh, for Lady Marmalade, I it changed over over the years as I as I matured and grew. It changed. I was definitely uh, a Christina stan when I was younger, and she kind of is the most dramatic part of the song. Absolutely. Um, and as as my vibe changed as I got older, I got I became more of a Lil Kim is my favorite part. Um, Maya definitely gives you the best open her voice is so yeah. her voice is so soft but sexy and she really sets the tone with it but i think right now if someone were like you and a couple of other girls are doing lady marmalade what part do you want you have to pick of the litter pink immediately yeah i'm here for it well camden it's so excited for a musical it's a favorite challenge to watch and it will be an opportunity to show that she's a performer so we're going to discuss the plot here Rue says it's set in an iconic Paris drag club. The Rusical features several many iconic roles. Saltine, the tragic showgirl torn between love and money. Mama Z, a bearded queen in honor of, and host of the Moulin Rue. The Grain Fairy, think of her as a genie in a bottle of absinthe. And last but not least, four steal, scene-stealing Moulin Rue girls. Charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Cute. Now, who would you have selected as the part you wanted? Oh, the Green Fairy, absolutely. It's yeah. very much, it's very much in the same vein of like hearkening back to to the other like rusicals of seasons past, like that Oprah role, the Black China yeah. role. It's very much written for you to like come in, steal the scene, and hit the door. Absolutely. So I I I would definitely love that because I, I think if you inject as much personality and fun into that role. You can really come in, give those girls your 30 seconds, steal the entire thing, and be gone before they know it. True. Well, be gone since before Rue... you have time to mess up your lines. <laughs> well, Rue is choosing chaos and says they will get to decide what parts they're going to play. Um, I'm here for it, but I also know like, if I were in that situation, I'd be like, you're doing this for TV. You're not doing this to help us. It's fine, but I get it. Oh, I, in all honesty, controversial uh, opinion. I prefer when they pick their own roles because had it been the opposite, like if I were on Drag Race and someone's like, you're playing this, you're playing this, you're playing that. I'm like, girl, you set me up to fail if it's a role that I don't want, you, you know? So I would rather be able to pick and or fight for my own role than to get like a predetermined kind of situation because I'm also like, girl, what are you basing it on, you know? That's so I would, I, I think I, I love when the girls are left up to their own devices in terms of picking what role they want. Cause then it's, then for, for the most part, if you fuck up, as we see later, it's like a, you chose this, you wanted exactly. this. Well, Deja doesn't know how it's going to go, but she knows she will get the parts she wants. They're going to be rehearsing with Mulan Rue composer Leland, choreographer Miguel Serrate, plus a mystery guest director, no, no, it's not Rue. We'll get to them later. Bosco is ecstatic as it aligns with Bosco as a performer, and she has a chance to knock their socks off. Angeria thinks choosing roles this time around will be a little more difficult. They are getting to the point where the judges have to notice you. Georges wants to play the role of talent because she is show-stopping and very extreme to vibe, and that's very her. The role of Saltine is the lead, and she is a cabaret burlesque superstar, and that is Bosco, according to Bosco. After listening... It is time to snag some roles. 
Lady Camden has her heart set on Saltine based on the feedback she's gotten. She thinks this is her opportunity to be less shy. Daya screams out first and says she wants uniqueness. She says compromise is for losers. You have to just appreciate Diabetti at this point. Oh, Diabetti is an icon. Diabetti is, to me, Diabetti is the girl who she's doing what everyone who has yet to get on Drag Race says they would do. Yeah. I'm not here to make friends. It's a competition, this and that. Like, Diabetti actually walked the walk as opposed to just talking the talk. Because you know how you get yeah. girls who, they, they before they get on, it's like, oh, girl, I'm going to be cutthroat. I'm going to be everything. And then they get on and you're like, well, if you'd like the role, I think we should talk about it. No, screw that. I'm not compromising. I'm here to win. We can make friends after... We can settle scores after because at the end of the day, you're aware that it's a pressure cooker situation. It's reality TV. But what? in that moment, I'm trying to be noticed and I'm trying to win. And I think Daya has that attitude. Will what she Daya win also, because of it? Yeah. No. What Daya also proved is that she will do anything on an all-star season. So she's like, cast me. I'll be great. Oh, Diabetti is giving the girl. <laughs> she Diabetti is the girl first episode who goes... I'm eliminating the strongest competitor in the bottom. That's just what's happening. She will Manila you. She will Jimbo you. She will Pangina heals you. Absolutely. She's Daya will pull two lipsticks out. And you're like, girl, there was <laughs> both of them. And I live. I live. Iconic. Deja says as the winner of last week's challenge, and she gave up her part in the 60s challenge. She wants the role what she wants. She wants nerve. And no one contests. And I was like, that's kind of funny, but Hey, personally, I love that she brought that up. Very few girls throw their weight around in terms of yeah. challenge wins in that way. And I think that that's something that more people should be doing. I feel like there should be a few more advantages. Like, girl, I won the last challenge. So that that consider that my reward. Remember you know? back in the day when if you uh, won, you got immunity the following week? Yeah, Alyssa fucked that up for everybody. <laughs> Yes, she did. Mr. Edwards in that snatch game, Rue said, you know, <laughs> I think we're good here. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Every 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 twist needs a turn. You got to change it up at some point. So thank you, Alyssa Edwards. Well, I mean, also technically, if we're going to, if we're technically speaking, Deja got immunity for the next week. She, she sure did. Winning snatch she game. sure so did. She, she revived it in, in, a, in a small way. I wish one of the girls would have said, you got your uh, chance last week. You got your safety. You don't get this a time around. But no one wanted the part anyway, so she was fine. Meanwhile, right. Angeria likes talent and Green Fairy. And Willow's like, I want Green Fairy. And if you think little green absent fairy, you think of her. And Georges thinks she's show-stopping, and she showed in the last challenge. She's been a team player, and now she's putting her foot down. And now Angie is going to be courteous, discussing how others have been courteous. So right here and right now, she's going to let them have the roles. And Angeria is just a southern belle. I love her. She's a she is a sweet heart, and she thank God she wasn't in the bottom because that could have spelled disaster, baby. Oh, yes. So who wants charisma? The gold digger who likes sugar daddies. <clears throat> Georges is like, no, it doesn't fit her. Meanwhile, cut to her home life where she's in a throuple with two sugar daddies. Bitch just wants talent. She just wants to be called talented. She said. <laughs> she said it doesn't fit me. It hits too close to home. 
Oh, Georges, why can't I be your daddy? It's fine. I get it. It's fine. Well, Angie's going to step down, take charisma, as she is an entertainer, though she's frustrated, but someone had to do it. Now it comes down to Camden and Bosco battling it out for Saltine. Bosco just says it's her vibe and will put her foot down. Cameron says, sure, there is sexiness to it, but she has shown the other side of Saltine, which is the romance, and she proved it in the lip sync. Bosco is heated in a way we've not seen from her all season and asks Camden if she would have beaten her in Swept Away, and Camden's like, yes, I do think so. And Bosco's like, not having it and showing an ugly side of her, telling her that that's bold opinion and it's okay to be wrong sometimes. Oh, did we expect these two to do this? I mean, I I expected as much, but Bosco Bosco was particularly spicy in this part of the episode. But I think that that, uh, like you said before, that was a little bit of like residual anger and doubt from yeah. the last episode. She she was kind of determined, especially given the fact that like Bosco's been doing well, right? Up to that point, that was the first episode I think where Bosco was any sort of like flop. You get what right. I'm saying? And I don't mean that in like a in a mean way, but like she she'd never really been in a situation where she was like, oh shit, I'm in trouble until that lip sync, which honestly, I think there were a few uh lip syncs where Bosco should have yeah there were a few instances where she should have won uh those lip syncs, but that is between them editors. Um, but I I think that she was spicy to a point where it got a little rude. It did. It did. Like, no offense, has she been talking to me like that? Completely different conversation. Absolutely. It was real. It was, it was, you know that shady where it's almost like, girl, are you wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. It felt, it felt very that. It felt very like. She's doing a little bit too much. This could turn. This could have easily turned into like a full blown argument. The way that she was like, "Yeah, you don't Absolutely. have to worry about them. You're, you're not gonna worry. You don't have to worry about the lines. You're not gonna have them." It's like, uh, all right, girl, relax. Well, Bosco notes that there is no one on Mama Z, and Willa says whoever doesn't get saltine should take that role. And Bosco's being rude, and Georges is like, "I don't like that vibe. That vibe is off." And if little baby Georges is thinking that, they must be tense in that room. Bosco's going to claim that Camden is more versatile and that she could pull off Mama Z and she doesn't think she can do both. Camden doesn't think that's fair to try to sway her that way. So what are we going to do? Camden says, let's flip a coin and let's put it to a vote, according to Bosco, as she wants to see what the room thinks. And Camden's like, that's not fair, but she doesn't have the fight within her to fight her friend, which I understand. I've definitely been in the situations where I'm like, I want to make this better for me, but I am not here to make any more animosity. Right. I it's it's a, it's weird to me that they pointed out that Camden could do either. Cause to me, that's like that's that's your ace in the hole. That's the trick up your sleeve. Like, yeah. girl, I'm gonna fight for this role, but whatever they put me in, I'm going to be good. So absolutely. Angeria is going to vote for Bosco as she sees Camden doing well as Mama Z. Georgia says Camden. Deja picks Camden. And before Willow can speak, Daya says Bosco and forces Willow to be the deciding vote. And I was like, Daya, you bitch. That's funny. But no, you just were so mean. Diabetes is an icon. Girl, <laughs> I need a, we need a diet. We need a diabetes on every season. Yeah. She says, based on lip syncs, she would go Camden. But Bosco served sex. So Willow's final answer is Bosco. Hella dramatic, but we got there. 
Willow will say that she sees Camden as Mama Z more so and will give Bosco the role. And she thinks Bosco would take it harder if she didn't get the role. Should that have come into consideration? No. In in, in the words of legend Candy Muse, no. Yeah. <laughs> but um I it's again sweet of her, but I I don't think that that should be taken into consideration, especially given the fact that like this is a competition. Who cares how hard she's gonna take the role? If she's but hurt enough that she's like not gonna speak to you the rest of the time that you're together, then she's taking it entirely too seriously. It's a role, it's a role in a wig on a reality show. Like let's let's be real. Sure. Bosco tells Camden she doesn't want to fuck her over, and Camden tells everyone to fuck off and she will be pissed if Bosco doesn't do well. It was her opportunity to stand the ground, so she's just a little disappointed in herself. Georges will say that she doesn't want any of that negative energy to continue as it will get into rehearsal, so Bosco's going to take a quick moment away. She says she doesn't take pleasure standing in her friend's way, but she is there for her in this competition. Camden looks pissed and Willow equates it to fighting with your sibling and you go into the corner and they'll let you know when they'll come out. And I was like, oh, that's a good analogy. I've definitely been in that situation before. Very that. Willow, I, Willow is very intuitive. That's, that's a queen I want to sit down and have a conversation with because I yeah. think there have been several instances in the season where Willow will say something and you're like, I feel that. Damn. Damn. Yeah. That was good. All right, well, Bosco says she knows she has to do damage control later. Daya says she'll be fine and proves why her theory of doing what she's been doing is not being a bitch. It's for the competition. Do what you got to do. Camden's feeling down, and Angeria tells her she thinks the part will be good for her. Camden tells her that it's hard to take comfort from people who got their parts they wanted. And Angeria's like, oh, not me. I didn't get my part. She knows what Lady Camden's going through. It doesn't always feel good to be the bigger person, but she could still knock the role out the park. And Jerry knows she could have murdered the part she wanted to, but she'll be fine. It could be her too. Make it work. And Jerry knows that Camden can make her part funny. And Camden believes that Angeria has seen something in her that she has not seen in her herself. She's going to take it and agree. She's got the crazy energy she wanted when she was doing Freddy. She'll bring that and the kooky goodness to Mama Z. Remember like that first episode when we had like, Angeria and Lady Camden and we're like, ooh, is this like a romance? Is this going to be a thing? Do we have right. any updates on that? Is that a thing? I, I I, haven't seen, but they definitely they definitely care for each other. If for, oh my goodness, words mean. <laughs> um, they definitely care for each other and I, it's, it's beautiful to see, honestly. Yeah. Because it's, I think Drag Race has a lot of like is this a romance or are they bitter enemies? And it's it's very beautiful to see like a genuine like friendship blossom. And yeah. I know it happened several times uh, over several seasons, but like it's it's really beautiful to see a genuine friendship blossom. This we week. always joke on reality TV shows that how could you love someone like you've only known them for a week, or whatever. When you're in a situation like this and you're spending every waking moment with someone, of course you can develop a closeness like that in such a short time. Absolutely. It's like going to summer camp. Right. And how many times have you gone to summer camp and the person that you kind of connected with the most is your best? You're like, when we leave, it's you and me against the world. I'm going to write you every day. Like it's you, you feel those intense kind of connections very quickly. And the good thing about them is that 
not only do they have that connection from just being around each other and seeing each other as people, but like they also have a shared passion for this art form, right. which is, I feel like it makes the connection even deeper. So you get, you, you can make genuine friends for life doing something like Drag Race, you know? Absolutely. Well, the queens arrive on the main stage to see that the special guest director is none other than Leslie Jordan. For those uninitiated, Leslie Jordan is best known for his portrayal on Will and & Grace and his quarantine videos. Joining Leslie Jordan will be Leland, who looks so cute, and thank God he's back as he's given us some fire the past few seasons. You can't hunt anybody. Everybody loves it. Um, also, we have Miguel Zarate, who looks mighty fine. Before they start, Leslie reveals that he was doing Dragon Atlanta before RuPaul, and he was known as the sweet and petite Miss Baby Wipes. I don't know why I thought this was hilarious, but I literally laughed out loud. I I need Leslie Jordan to bring Miss Baby Wipes out of retirement or wherever she is. I need to see it one time. Uh, yeah, I, I want to see a picture. I want to see what she looks like. Um, that was just hilarious, and it just makes sense. It does make sense. Leslie Jordan. Leslie Jordan is such an icon. I, unfortunately, not to hark on age again, but was too young to see, to really, like, see and understand Will and Grace. So my introduction to Leslie Jordan was, uh, this is going to sound so bad, was an episode that he did of American Dad. Okay. And he was the absolute funniest part and i followed i i got into him and got into like his career prior to that point and have been following him since then yeah he if he can go back and watch will and grace there's so much to watch nowadays i don't know why we go back to watching things from the past but i suggest watching at least the clips of him and mega malali they had such a good chemistry it was it was just comedy gold so good love all right, well, Leland's advice about Moulin Rouge is that the majority of them are on stage for the entirety of the show, so they have to stay in character, and Leslie's going to follow up and say they should probably pee beforehand. This is the tea. Uh, honey, drag, drag, and the bathroom, a complicated relationship. Very. All right, well, they're going to get started with the star first, Saltine, and Bosco knows there is a lot of pressure on her to impress, and she fought like an animal for it. Miguel tells her that Saltine is one that everyone wants, but no one can afford. The choreo for the role is very sweet, quite simple for her, and she's going to take direction quite well. Lady Camden sees that Bosco is a talented dancer, and she doesn't want her to do bad, but she just wants to do better. So far, so good with Bosco. It looks like she's going to do well. True, but you know that that drag race is good with a misdirect, honey. They'll tell you someone's doing well in the beginning and turn right around. Angeria goes next as Leslie has that giant director's microphone. And honestly, uh, when I return to drag shows, I think I need one of those as well. Um, then everyone know that Daddy Tom. <laughs> Angeria, not great at getting choreo. She is going to focus on lip syncing and character work and dancing, and that's a lot. And the advice Miguel gives Angeria is to remember the moves and by attaching it to something. So this was called the Shake the Dice, Lick It Up. Will we be doing the shake the dice, lick it up on the dance floor next Friday night? I don't know if <laughs> I per se will be doing the shake the dice and lick it up because um, not 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 my forte, but um, <laughs> wouldn't be mad at the other girls for trying it. Listen, I I think that really is good 
advice because I I'm not someone who dances. I'm not like if you if I had to do choreo, I would be like, you need to dumb it down as humanly possible. I am not going to take it well. I'll probably be able to get it eventually, but I, I need it to be simple. This was simple. This is accessible. I like that. Oh, full full same. I'm I'm the person that has to watch the choreography a hundred times, and then mess up the next hundred times. So that that next time I'm like, I got it. Yeah. I mean, we I, have I, definitely I, seen choreographers on this show who are like, nope, you fucked it up. We're, we're moving on. Todd recall. Um, uh, bless her heart. Um, I remember <laughs> oh, yeah. this, was it season 11 where they had a rusical where the choreographer was uh, Yanis Marshall? Possibly. 11 would have been the. Yes, yeah, so that was the, the Raja O'Hara EBI yes. Lee season. And. I remember like being excited because he's so talented and when the way he was talking to them and the way that it was like, girl, this is, this is mean. Yikes. So, I mean, the, not everyone can be Jamal Sims. That's true. All right. Willow's turn as the green fairy. It's a full sequence that is going to get faster and faster. She has to keep up with it. And well, if you didn't get it by this moment, you knew this was going to be the spectacular, spectacular moment from, from the movie and I am living because it's my favorite sequence of the entire show. Miss Talent Georges comes on stage and Leslie's like, how tall are you? I thought she was 5'4". I don't know where I heard that, but she's going to reveal that she is even shorter. My baby pocket twink is 5'2". And Leslie is like, no way. He goes on stage, stands next to her. He's 4'11". And now I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Go stand next to Diabetes, please. I want to see that. Right, right. And Leslie Jordan would be up to his knees. Right. Les- Diabetti could probably pick Leslie Jordan up and like... Luke Skywalker, Yoda him. Right. Like si- side saddle him like a toddler. Bless Leslie Jordan's heart. I love it. Uh, but yeah, Georges is very tiny. Oh, extremely. I mean, I've seen several several memes of like Diabetti next to Georges and Baby, it looks like bad cell signal. Yeah, I um, I I re- now I want to see like her next to hibiscus. How tall is hibiscus? I think she's like five two. Oh, or five four a, maybe. I don't know. If that's the case, that's a that's a tag team. I want to see. I want right? to see a Georgia's a Georgia's hibiscus duet number. Somebody there it is. Words. I'm manifesting it now. All right, Miguel tells Georges to show what she thinks talent would do, and she punches that ghost. And Miguel says she wants to take the attention and spotlight in the group, but she will need to blend in and support the other cast members. She nods her head, says yes, absolutely, but inside she's really saying, but why? I'm the star. I kid, I kid, I kid. Daya says that Georges is really good at randomly dancing, but choreography, maybe not. She's interested to see how she's going to do one song after another. I mean, Daya is a good point. Yeah, go ahead. Honestly. Uh, oh, absolutely! I don't think she. I don't. I don't think it applies to Georges. I think her dancing is really beautiful. But um, Daya brings up a point that I think there are quite a few queens you could name where you're like, "Baby, stunts do not a dancer make, or stunts do not choreography make." That's the team. Where you get girls who are like, "I'm a dancer. I'm a dancer. I'm a dancer," and they're like swirling off of things, jumping off of things, flipping off of things. And I'm like, that's not dancing, but okay, love that for yeah. you, go off. 
Well, Mama's Knees next. Lady Camden is throwing a couple of baits and she does well. She is a ballet dancer and she's eating it. Miguel wants her to be nitty gritty and rough that she is naturally poised. So he's asked her to bring more masculinity to the table. It's going to be time for that newfound butchness. She's going to bring a little bit of Shakespeare, a little bit of Freddie, and she's becoming a man. And I was like, I didn't really like the sequence of talking points, especially after the season of having um, a couple queens coming out of trans. But okay, fine. Whatever you got to say. Right. True. But we're learning. We're all learning. We're all moving forward. It, it, it takes time. We can't all change overnight. Slowly but surely. Bosco knows that Lady Camden delivered, so the only way to win is to be better. Leslie Jordan tells him to take five, and then he's going to teach him how to square dance that he learned at the Grand Ole Opry. And I'm like, I want to go to the Grand Ole Opry. And guess what? I might get to go since my brother's moving to Nashville. So I can't oh, wait. He also tells the only queens that he's concerned about is RuPaul because he's got to make a decision amongst all the queens, and he doesn't know how that's going to happen. So they're all impressed. And you know what? That's a good sign to have a good root school because sometimes we get some really bad ones. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I've, we've both seen some instances where the judges uh, or the choreographer kind of gives up on the girl and you're like, oh, this will not go well. And it's Drag Race 2. I wasn't, I wasn't going to say nothing, but... Ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's elimination day, and Deja asks if everyone rehearsed the night before, and they sure darn did. It was a must. Angeria has rehearsed the choreo over and over and over again, and she says fame costs, and this is the time where you start paying in sweat. Camden is a bit embarrassed that she went as far as she did to try to get the role and start an argument. She doesn't like to get messy, as she is a lady. She doesn't know if being stubborn is worth it to win an argument. She doesn't want to be aggressive. But she is enjoying the role of Mama Z as she gets to imagine what it's like to own a club, pay me money, and watch my bitches dance. And I'm like, maybe I want to own a club one day. What would you call it? Oh, you're putting me on the spot. All right. I made this joke to someone. They said, you're a lawsuit away. And I was like, I'm still going to make the joke. Is it a joke? It is a joke. It's either going to be called um, uh, Twinks R Us or Daddy's Home. I'm joking. It's not going to happen. Daddy's Home could be funny, that, but I don't know. Daddy's Home sounds like, you know, Daddy's Home, working title for a nice bear bar. Yeah, there it is. I don't, I listen, I like to make jokes. I If I were to actually own a bar, I would actually put a lot more thought into it. It would be something meaningful, I'm sure. But oh, of one day. Of All right. Deja and Lady Camden are going to find to try the find the right metaphor for a situation. Lemons out of juice? No. Lemons out of lemonade? Wrong. Make tea out of lemonade? Deja says yes. So we're just going to pretend like that they're not dumb and from North Car- North uh, California. <laughs> Why? Or I, I understand they're probably sleep deprived, but how did we get here? I mean, listen. You put it on a t-shirt, I will wear it. Make tea out of lemon. <laughs> um, whose face is going to be on it? I don't think we need one. That's fair. They, they both can get some money for it. Daya grew up doing musicals and plays. It's where she felt most comfortable. And now Georges is going to break my heart and insult an entire group of gays when she says she never got into theater because she found it so annoying. Rude! <gasps> Educate yourself, darling. She says she finds the singing and happy shit annoying. She doesn't want the musical theater gays to come after her. She doesn't like singing all the time. She likes the club ratchet shit. What's your opinion here? 
I, I, as a theater girl, as a, as what I would call a lovely hybrid, um, was a little bit offended. I'm not going to lie. I, it's one thing to say, it's not your taste. It's not your vibe. It's not your thing. That's fine. That's lovely. That's wonderful. But to be like, girl, it's annoying. I can't take, I was like, oh, Miss George's. There's a world, there's a world of references that you're depriving yourself of. Even if you're not, Absolutely. plus musicals are not all happy-go-lucky. There's some, there's, as you know, there's some musicals about some dark shit and there's some, there's some club ratchet shit in there. You can, you can, there's a plethora of things that you can grab from Absolutely. having at least a base knowledge of like musical theater or just theater in general as a, as a performer and as an artist, like, girl, you are depriving yourself, which I mean, if you want to just do club ratchet shit, Hey, live your best life. But uh, you have a favorite musical. Um, several actually. It's favorite musical is like favorite child for me. You can't pick one. Fair, fair. In front of them. Um, Dreamgirls, The Wiz, Rent had a huge influence on me. I think it was one of the first musicals I saw. Um, Summer was excellent. Uh, as something that I saw recently, I haven't been. To the to the theater in a in a, a while. Six was everything. Yep, yep. Um, waitress was everything. But all if I if I had to pick an all time, I think like something that I could watch, new cast, new set, any revival, it would definitely have to be Dreamgirls. Right. Yeah. If you're going with that criteria for me, it would definitely be Spring Awakening because I did that many times when I was. Just so we intern in New York City, um, I definitely went every time there was a new cast member going in uh, for as an understudy. I was like, "I'm there, student rush, let's go watch it." I love Spring right. Awakening and and great story. But I feel like if I really have to dive in and say what my favorite piece of musical theater is, I am diehard Candor and Ebb fan. So on any given day, it'll either be Chicago or Cabaret. Chicago, oh, I I have a complicated history with Chicago I grew up I saw the movie before I saw the musical sure so I grew up with Chicago being this like huge production and razzle and dazzle and I was baby I was entranced by it I could I could watch Chicago I I do this thing wherever I have like a task to do I'll put on the soundtrack to the movie soundtrack and by the time the soundtrack is done, whatever task I've had to do has been completed. I love that. Like it helps me vibe so, 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 so effortlessly. But I said that to say when I saw the musical, I, I was a teenager and I was like, girl, in the words of Alyssa, what the fuck is going on in here on this yep. day? Yep. Because I was so used to it being so grand and this being so, I don't want to say bare bones, but it's very much about the dancing. It's very much about uh, yeah. what the, the technical aspect of the performances that you're seeing that I was like, I don't like this at all. Like, I Yeah, it was, it came from the Encores production and they brought it to Broadway. And because it's been a simple show to put together, it's run for as long as it has. It's the longest running revival ever. Yeah. Yeah, and I also I also saw it when I think like Sofia Vergara was Matron Mama oh boy. Morton, and I was like, <laughs> oh boy, she came out in a suit, 
and like a half up, half down. And I was like, what? Yeah. What am I watching exactly? <laughs> Love her Stunt though. She's casting. Like, she's stunning and everything. She looks great, but I was like, what exactly is going on here? But then I saw it with Brandy and I was uh, out of this world. Brandy, I heard she was incredible. Well, Bosco is a little nervous. It's what she has been working to do. She grew up tap dancing. Her grandma was her first tap dancer teacher. She was trained to be a Radio City Rockette and did Fosse and all that fun stuff. And Georges is like, what's Fosse? Oh, girl. That's not even even a theater thing. That's queer history, baby. Right? know who Bob Fosse is. You're a dancer. Right. Girl. Like I, I would love to see a, a Fosse choreographer give George's Fosse choreo to see what she would do. I think she could knock it out if she learned it. That's a to me, whenever whenever someone doesn't know their like queer history as a drag artist, my my like me and me and uh my me and my sisters will go turning your wig. Yeah. Take that wig off. Turn in your wig. Turn in your wig and heels. I want it in the box by 5 p.m. Quit, that, that's our, like, quit drag. And that, for me, that would have been that to, to the Georges. You don't know who Fosse is? Turn in your wig. Absolutely. Well, Bosco's grandma is invested in dancing and taught Bosco that Ginger Rogers had to do everything that Fred Astaire did, only backwards and in heels. I think that's a cool fact to know. Georges had never had a dance background and did it in her living room. She learned by Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and just taught her how to move. She watched it a million times, and she even did it with the swords. And I was like, there's a video of it. Why are we not watching it on the show? I want to see baby George's dance and move around to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Right. Daya says, as gay people, we teach ourselves a lot of talents as we are scared to learn in group settings. Sometimes we really are self-conscious about things. And I was like, that's really a poignant thing to say. Absolutely. Deja has never taken a dance class, so George is like, I can tell. Deja says she has one of those, um, oh, and she cashed it in. One time, bitch. And Daya will end this segment saying, it feels weird not having Jasmine there to fight. T. But Jasmine <laughs> still got her FaceTime on this episode. Jasmine lives on. Legend. All right. On the main stage, Rue just returned from her photo shoot for her album cover of Mama Rue. Because if y'all don't know that she gets double booked things in uh, while she's filming, uh, this is the album cover for Mamaru. Have you listened to Mamaru? Yeah, one of her best albums. Yeah, you like it? Oh, one of her best bodies of work. Absolutely. It it feels like she's working with a fresh team who came to her with ideas that are current but still yeah. a RuPaul vibe. It's very yeah. it's. <clears throat> If she makes more stuff like that, I need it to chart. Cause yep, we'll see. We'll, we'll we'll see because she's definitely going away from her roots of like the disco, her love for the disco. Um, and I'm gonna be intrigued to see how it translates because obviously, when RuPaul puts out an album, at least one or two of those songs are gonna be used as a challenge. So I'm gonna be very curious right. to see how they translate to the show. Absolutely, Ru. Next album, full on trap music. <laughs> RuPaul we'll does trap. We have Michelle Visage wearing way too much leopard print, Ross Matthews still wearing his jacket line, and Andre Day wearing something comfortable and still fashionable. I was like, I want to wear that. It, oh, yeah. She looked gorgeous. And shout out to Michelle's um, hair, like her glam. 
Yeah. Her glam is impeccable every time. Every time I see Michelle, I'm like, give her the crown. (laughs) Give it to her because she's she is right every episode. And I, I give me Michelle on Celebrity Drag Race. Just get put her on an episode. I want to see it. She. I want to see it. Do you think she'd win? It depends who she's up against. So. It depends who she's up against. I think so because the 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 objective is always to make RuPaul laugh, and she knows That's RuPaul's true. sense of humor. So That's true. unfair advantage, and you know, home field advantage. She knows right. exactly how Drag Race works. But uh, you know what? Here, here, here it is. Let the episode be Ross, Carson, and Michelle. Michelle would be a Michelle would still win. She would it's be true. She'd be objectively the prettiest in drag. That's fair. Unless um, unless Ross comes out and turns the girls. It's possible. It depends. Who, it depends who Ross's partner would be. True. True. All right. Well. We will be discussing Moulin Rouge first, then moving into the runways and critiques. And let's open our drag bills for a production. Essentially, this rusical is once again using the music of RuPaul, shoving it into a plot with new orchestrations. I mean, this is inspired by Moulin Rouge's Welcome to the Jukebox musical. Right. Which we're going to say really... Go ahead. I think this was really... I mean, I, 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 we, I gushed about it a little bit in the beginning of the episode, but this was done really, really well. And I don't want to say it was so good that you didn't realize it was Rue's music. I think it turned, it, it, it made you think of like the songs in a different way. And it was, yeah. it was, this, this was arranged so, so nicely. I think this if they really did like full scale production Moulin Rouge, they could take it somewhere in all honesty. Absolutely. I think they absolutely one of the best musicals. I think what you're getting at is they just focus on the lyrics. They allow the lyrics to speak to them for themselves for once. Right. And there wasn't a lot of um because I feel like where where drag race really messes up is that drag race does a lot of oh my gosh, I, I want to say this without feeling like I'm gonna get a lot of flack for it. Um a lot of boomer humor. Yeah. A lot of like, girl, that joke is from 12 years ago. Like thinking about it, they had, they referenced like LinkedIn in the last um, Rusical. And I was like, girl, who of the drag race watching population is really like, yes, that LinkedIn reference. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, this was, this was much, much like Ru's album was a lot more current and a lot more uh, there by that virtue, a lot more relatable and a yeah. lot more uh, exciting than like I don't know, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm losing my my train of thought right now. Well, let's dive into it. We start with Angeria as charisma, wearing all purple. Daya as uniqueness, wearing all pink, and I'm obsessed with her look. Deja as nerve, who is trying so hard, she really is. And Georgia says talent, wearing a wig we've seen her wear already, but. Sh- but she We're gonna looks get, beautiful. She does. I will give her that. She looked beautiful. We get Lady Camden's entrance as Mama Z, and it's a male vocalist, which is a choice, but that's fine. Uh, but damn, she looked incredible. I am digging that little goatee, the little titty contour. It's like she took a lesson from the goddess herself, Britta Filter. It was perfect. She was she she gave. It was everything. Will Camden's MC be better than Tina Burner's? 
You bet so. It, she got charisma this time. She was excellent. Yeah, no, she was fab. Camden was fab. I, I mean, Tina was good too, but this until the end. A little more. And shout out to the cameramen. Their angles, the yes. angles, and the like, the the quote unquote cinematography of Drag Race in this season, baby. That's where the budget went. Absolutely. Now Leland is going to be playing around with the music and will give us a lot of Drag Race isms throughout. Uh, the first one that had me gagging and screaming and uh, throwing stuff at my TV is the inclusion of Ra-Tiki-Tiki-Tata, Bibi Zaharbonne, living on forever. The OG. All of a sudden, we get Leland acting, and I'm not mad at it, but was that the best we could afford? Was Aaron Tveit afraid to come out to L.A., to L.A.? He probably wasn't too afraid, but he probably was too expensive. Probably. Or too busy. I mean, he. Pro- I think that he had just won the Tony. So, like, girl, his booking fee went up. Absolutely. Um, This would have filmed in the summer. So, no, they weren't in rehearsals yet. So, he, he was probably free. He could, he could have done it. Oh, I mean. It's okay. Uh, he, he doesn't want to be gay. It's fine. I know a we'll lot of him, men are. We'll get him next time. We'll get him next time. Leland is going to play the Christian role, looking for love from Saltine. But Mama Z says, you don't come to the Mulan Rue looking for love. You come for charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Spell it out, friends. The joke's there. Once again, it's there for cunt. (laughs) (laughs) And this is what I love. This is the kind of humor that I like. It's there, but it's not bashing you over the head. Right. Which is what I was saying earlier. Most, a lot of the, Rusicals and just some of Drag Race's humor in general is very like bashing you over the head with it as opposed to like the wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You get it, you know? Yep. So basically this number is the closest thing we get to Lady Marmalade. I wish they would have leaned into the sound a little bit more, but don't be jealous of my boogie doesn't quite lend itself for that song. I mean, but RuPaul, Ru's music doesn't, very little of it has that like overtly sexual vibe that yeah. Lady Marmalade does. That's so true. I don't, there are very few things, there are very few selections they had that yeah. would have really been like, oh yeah, girl, this is giving sex, you know? It's true. Well, the voice character that they used for Angeria, I thought was terrible. I hated it. And she was just not leading into that sugar daddy loving role. The role is supposed to be this innocent part, like kind of like Maya. It just didn't really translate. I'm not sure what the disconnect was. And I think it was the vocalist. Possibly. Daya served you pink, literally. She was very strong and she was very in character. Deja held her own in the group choreo, but the second she got to rap, she slayed. I have been so lukewarm on her all season, but I will give credit where credit is due. Also the lyric, I treat men like the dogs that they are, and if they try to bite me, tie them up in the yard. That will be going on my gravestone. Thank you. I'm putting it on a tote bag immediately. So also, side, side note, probably the best Deja's looked all season. Absolutely. She, and it's not even her look. She, I said, girl, where did y'all pull this from? Because so no good. tea, no shade. I think Deja Sky is super sweet. I think what she's been uh, shown as on the show has been largely positive, but the runway looks have almost always left something to be desired yeah by taste the, the look that she won in is always there's always something like a whether it's a like a full fully like i don't like this 
or something that's just a hair like off. Oh yeah. I think it I, I think that's where she's kind of been faltering in, in a way. It's very similar to me looking, me trying to be a damn drag race historian here. Um, <laughs> it's kind of similar to the way that um Monet Exchange was on season 10, where she sure. performance-wise slayed it, slayed it, slayed it, and then the runway had something, something about it, an element that could have either been added or taken away, or it just wasn't as fitting in the category as some of the other girls. And that's what cost her the win. Because had had Monet's runways been a little more, just a hair more elevated, could have very easily seen her in the top, uh, the top four of season 10, because she performance wise was absolutely incredible, which is why her all-stars run was as good as it was and why she deserved to win yeah. that crown, double crowning or not, because it the the package just became fully formed. And I think that that is probably going to be something that happens with Deja if she ever gets that call sure. for all-stars. If, if she can kind of elevate those runways to really, really give, she can have, she can be a real force to be reckoned with in terms of drag race. Because I know that like, real world drag and drag race can be two very different things and you can very much be Fully. good at one and not the other so i think for for drag race's sake if she elevated her runways on her next go round she could definitely be a force to be reckoned with one advice that i will i've said about it many times about her this season collaboration work with a collaborator work with someone to help design things for you you don't have to make everything yourself you're gonna get some right. coin. You're gonna be able to collaborate, work with someone. Yeah, it's also it's also sometimes uh, speaking as a queen who makes all their stuff. I make everything I wear. Sometimes it's also budget. So sometimes you have Absolutely. the vision, and you're yep. like, "Girl, if I can make it how I see it, it's going to be sickening." But the budget isn't there, oh, yeah. so you have to you kind of you kind of make what you can instead of making what you want. And totally. while it may be satisfactory, so to speak, on a stage like Drag Race, Drag Race is like, <clears throat> you can go home for having, you know, your tights be the wrong color because they're looking at literally, they're looking for literal perfection out of hair, out of place. So I think Deja's uh, fashion arc, so to speak, has been leaving a little, a little more to be desired, but I, she's been an incredible competitor. All right, Georges really got that Christina moment. Then she forgot that she was in a musical, which means you need to play a character. So there's that. But I thought the quartet really did extraordinary well, used their time to shine. And finally, we have a musical where the ensemble works for the basis of the show. It was good. It was smart. Right. I have a question for you. Yeah. Do do you think that Georges particularly has any real world chance of winning? I love her to death. Absolutely not. Yeah, I think I think she's a great queen, but I think George's no Tino shade. I, George's Deja and Daya to me personally, great queens, absolutely stunning, creative, oh, yeah. wonderful, have been a joy to watch on the season, but are just I feel like they have no real like no real chance of winning. And it's it's is sad because it's you know they're still in the competition and it's we're we're doing the whole anything can happen kind of thing but 
just based off of like track record and whatnot there it's there's so little time left granted we've had you know 867 episodes so far (laughs) there's still so little time left to pop out and like be that girl especially against girls like Angeria who have kind of been that girl all season even when they're not yep or 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 as we see later with Bosco uh even when they falter it's still like a this is someone who has two challenge wins under their belt do you really think that the girl who's like lip synced nine times and had one challenge win that everybody to this day is debating is going to be the girl that they crown. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I mean, we'll get to it by the end of this episode, but I think it really is a three, one, three when it comes to who actually is vying for the crown. Yeah, absolutely. All right. It's time to reveal saltine and Bosco's time to shine and the hype was high and sincerely believe the role was not meant for her. She did not have any shyness or slyness or coyness about her. It was all sex and literally no playfulness. The character from the musical is a tease, and she was just dead in the eyes. And I hate to say it, but it was a miss for me. Also, I know that we're going a little closer to the Broadway show than the movie, but Nicole Kidman Satine was a redhead, and I think the hair color would have been important for this character. There's something different about a redhead and a brunette. I think... It would have been better if she's a redhead. That's just me I, personally. I, I agree. I agree. And I also think that Bosco herself would have looked better in like a ginger hair. Absolutely. Than the dark hair that they gave her. The dark hair that they gave her kind of, especially in that style, gave her a kind of fade in the background feel to her. I think had she been uh, a redhead in a style that was a little more quaffed and a little more like look at me you get what i'm saying i think i think that that part of her glam had that popped more i think she would have popped more in just visually and that would have gave her a little bit more of an edge do i think she would have still she been looked in the very bottom? matronly yeah right like do i do i think she still would have been in a bottom absolutely but it she would have had less negative critiques in my opinion i i agree I will say that I do love the song Lucky, so I'm glad that Leland incorporated it into this musical. Uh, it was a hit song for him, so why not use his own work? Oh, the Duke absolutely. is in the audience because we need conflict. But before then, Leland has to fall in love with Saltine, who has allergies. I mean, same, literally. The amount of times I press this mute button on this episode, <laughs> craziness. <laughs> We're going to get a duet of a riff on the RuPaul love songs, including A Little Bit of Love, Superstar to the Moon, and I'm in Love from All Stars 5 um, as an homage to the Elephant Love Song medley. I just want to give a quick shout out here to Suddenly Seymour. If you have not seen Suddenly Seymour perform the Elephant Love Song medley, you have not lived. Um, so I good. She, she, she will do the entire thing herself. Uh, usually at Albatross, she will get up on the bar, she'll get up on the tables, and everyone requests it every week, and she's like, it's so draining, because everyone will say it at the end of the night, when she's already done like a two and a half hour show. Um, It's so good. So good. Um, But I love the Elephant Love medley. Everyone loves it. So I thought, again, writing-wise, this was really well done. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've said it several times before. I sound like a stan at this point, but... um definitely one of the best musicals that they have done absolutely it's unfortunate that i just didn't see love in bosco's performance the duke of dickington oh go ahead i it's unfortunate i think 
from from what we saw in the episode, I think Bosco's uh, performance was so wrapped up in being sexy. And I think that that's something that was kind of hinted at even when they were doing the voting and the like arguing back and forth about it and whatnot and what have you. I think people didn't really look at Camden as like, oh, she's not gonna be able to give that sex. And I think because of that situation, yeah, it yeah. felt like Bosco made that the focus of like, I'm gonna do what you can't do. And it's like, that became all you did, babes. I mean, if we're gonna go dramaturgy here right now, like go back to Nicole Kidman's performance in Satine. On stage, she's one person. Off stage, she's another. Right. And that's what Bosco Absolutely. didn't bring, unfortunately. All right. The Duke of Dickington arrives, and it's going to be Leslie Jordan and I live. I thought this was so funny. Saltine, Mama Z have a duet moment, and it's like we have a revival of the fight in the workroom. Beautiful. I'm here for it. Leland and the Duke are pitching to Saltine to choose them, and the musical interlude between each section is bing, bang, bong, sing, sing, song, ding, ding, dong. And the way I let out a scream. Again, if you know me, you know my literal obsession with UK Hun. UK Hun forever. I'm so happy we brought it into the US. Did you know that Bimini's verse is uh, nominated for a TV BAFTA? It sure darn is. And would you believe that bitch isn't even going on tour because she's so famous now? I mean, listen, get the coin, baby. I hope I hope they win. I hope so, too. Um, I've I already made the joke many times. Uh, at DragCon LA, um, Tia Coffee is doing the um, UK Hun uh, 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 talkback thing. And I was like, we're replacing Why? Bimini with Tia Coffee? I want to recount. Because uh, Bimini can't go to DragCon, I guess. I think I, 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 would I go. think she's going to be on a show. I would get I a think... ticket and I would get a ticket to DragCon and go to that talk back and raise my hand and go, why? <laughs> right. Um, I, I, my fan theory is that she will be on Canada's Drag Race versus the world. Oh, I'd live. I'd live, but I would be kind of sad because I feel like I, that, Blank versus the world format is very like it. It's kind of suited to the girl from the country that is. I don't want to say sponsoring, but the the girl from the yeah. country that is the headliner should be the winner because it's it's weird to be like so and so versus the world, and then like the sole girl from another country is the winner the headlining winner of like completely different country versus yeah. the world. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, it, it's the equivalent of like if Janie JK won UK versus the world. You're like, I would have been thrilled. <laughs> I, I mean, we would have lived. I mean, it had, had, had it been based off of uh, the track record. We love to speak so much uh, yeah. on Pangina or Jimbo would have been our winner, but that's also like, I won UK versus the world. Oh girl. Great. Where are you from? Canada. It should have been called International All-Stars. Then everything would have been fine. Exactly. But, hey, uh, choices. Right. Well, to make a decision, Saltine comes out and says, why does life have to be so binary? Can I have both? She is given some absinthe for a hallucination. Is it her inner saboteur? No, it's Willow Pill looking like the sexiest Tinkerbell ever. Like, there's her Halloween costume. Oh, that girl... The girls are going to wear that out. 
you're, <laughs> yeah. you're gonna see green fairies from September. You're probably, to be really honest with you, you're probably gonna see a couple of those now running around the city. Probably. It, well, was, also really, it was also an objectively beautiful costume and probably- It was, it was gorgeous. One of, the, one of the prettiest looks I've seen on Willow. She looked so- I, The hair, the hair was so good. It gave. Spectacular, spectacular is my favorite moment in Moulin Rouge. And this was the homage to that. Great moment for Will to showcase her talent. She was good. There were some awkward moments in her dancing that I think if Georges had had the role, it would have been stronger. But it was still a highlight and almost winning performance. Oh, absolutely. I On the opposite side of that coin, I think Georges would have been a stronger dancer, but I don't think she would have been a stronger uh, acting choice. No, not a chance. Like in terms of embodying the role, I think she would have danced it very well, but I don't think that she would have gotten the vibe of what the Green Fairy is. Well, Saltine has to make a choice and she chooses herself. She quote unquote dies, so the Duke leaves, but it was really just allergies. The finale uses all those words no one really knows from Call Me Mother and you know what? Smart, now we can all finally learn them. <laughs> right. I'm going to say it. Top three musical. It was great. Oh, absolutely. This, uh, Moulin Rouge, Shade, and Madonna, my top three. All right. Category is Mirror, Mirror. In honor of the runway, we are going to play Reflection or Rejection. We will start off with Lady Camden, Look by Kip Yanaga, Tights by KK, Headpiece by Camden. Oh, It looks 100% better in photos than I did on stage. Uh, there was something about the gray that just did not look beautiful. But it's Jack Frost shooting star realness. She went bold with her beat, and I'm not sure I was a fan. I wish it had a little more definition. That being said, adore the blue on the bottom of the look. It's not a bad look. It's just not my favorite of hers this season. I I agree with that. It's I, I think it was one of the better looks of the category, which no see no shade. They be playing a little fast and loose with the category names. Oh yeah. Cause like if if you got a sheet and they were like category is mirror mirror the first couple days you're like girl what the what, what am i even gonna do with that what do you what do you do so i'm I don't... fully convinced that they were given a different word for this category when they got their assignments um right. and then they got to the show and they're like mirror mirror and they're like what it probably right. was reflection or reflective right exactly Ross says that she had a role that can be a throwaway role and establishing a character can be difficult, but somehow she did it. He knew who she was. Ross loves the top. Michelle says they were waiting this whole competition for her to show some ballet and she gave what she does and does so well. Andre says she danced for 22 years so she can recognize the posture point and bevel. She loves the look. I do too. In a way, it's not my favorite, but I'll give it a reflection. Uh, it, was, it was great. It was absolutely great. It wasn't my favorite look on that uh that category and it wasn't my favorite look from camden i think that she's looked much more beautiful than other things but it was an objectively good look and it was good enough paired with her performance to be the winning package right the audience 65 percent reflection 35 percent rejection next up Bosco, headpiece, corset, and shoulders by Irene Dubois, bra by De Vamp Couture, gauntlets and legs by Abraham Levy. 
Yes, it's four weeks in a row that she is wearing a panty and bra look. I have said it before. It's not the queen's fault about the order of the runways, but it is their responsibility prior to the show to lay out all their looks and ensure it's a versatile lineup. Is this one of her better panty bra combos? Absolutely. Is it a knockout? No. She has a great body. In all honesty, this is out of all of her like bra corset lit things. This is her best one. I will say this though. I don't count the Lala Perusa look as like a runway look because it was just something to like lip sync. Uh, A lot of the girls had on like if we judge those looks, a lot of the girls had on like they were dance looks. so yeah, they were definitely some dance looks. So I don't, I don't really count uh, that as like a. I, I don't put that against her, but I do think that this look was the best look. And I think if this look were one of two as opposed to one of four, it would have been much yeah. more impactful because it is an objectively beautiful look. I also do think that yeah. it was missing like one element of something. Like, had she had a, one more element of something to to bring that together and really give that, like, almost robotic kind of feel, I think it would yeah. have elevated it that much more and been a, a much more impactful look. Sure. She has a great body. She loves to show it off. But I'm looking for the wow factor if she's going to be a contender for the crown. But I will say the hair, which she will fully reveal in that lip sync, amazing. Rarely can someone pull off a, a hair like that. Oh yeah, that she she turned it, she turned it in. Uh, may I speak to the manager here? And I think she deserved she deserved what she what, you know, without spoiling, she deserved what she got just for that. Yep. Michelle asks if she has ever seen Moulin Rouge. She says yes. Michelle says that she was playing a character and she was kind of wishing that she didn't do the Bosco eyebrows because she wasn't Bosco. She was all team, and that took her out of her full commitment of the character. She says she could have gone so much further with it, with the sneezes. It just wasn't big enough. She says the look is beautiful in a Mugler type of way, but she has worn the fourth course of panty look. It's about versatility. Rue says the thing about Saltine role is that the story hinges on her giving that extra something. It almost was there. It just wasn't all the way there. Ross says they have seen the course in the panties before, but this is perfection. I, I agree that it's the best of the bra panty so i will give it a reflection in that sense but i wasn't wowed i i liked it i really really liked it i think um again i think if it was like if she had less of those looks especially consecutively it would have been much more impactful and i think it would have been perceived differently because i feel like it's all about perception and all honestly i feel like there are very few looks that are especially on Drag Race, there are very few looks that are objectively bad. I think it has a lot to do with with perception. And I think that if this were the first look that she had brought out and then the rest of them kind of came later in the season, I think we would have perceived it as like, okay, it was it was at very least above average, above serviceable, but I really liked it. I also yeah. really like Bosco. So I don't, I may be speaking from a little bit of a, of a bias, you know? That's fair. The audience, 46% reflection, 54% rejection. Next, we have Willow Pill, look by Paul Rosario, hair by Sexy Saddle. I don't see mirror aside from the material, so it's a stretch for me. It is 4th of July rock star. Very simple. I like the accessories that help the look come together. It's just a look a skinny bitch can pull off, so congrats. And it did not help her coming out after Bosco, who was also hashtag team skinny bitch. It was fine. I'm expecting better at this point. I 
Ugh, I can't stand to use the word hate, but I hated this look. I I know it was an all around no for me. Everything, everything about it, nothing about it said mirror, mirror in any sort of way. Yeah. The fabric that was supposed to be reflective was silver. Um, I didn't get the rocket thing in terms of the category, even if the category was like reflective, didn't get right. the rocket uh, motif. The hair was good and she looked very good in it, but I still, I just didn't, none of that said what any of the category said. Like, you know how, you know how someone has a good look and it's like, this look is great. It's just not the category. George's is very yep. much an example of that on several of the runways. But yep. it, it just, it, none of it gave me anything. And I love Willow. I think Willow is super smart, which is why it was such a disappointment. Because I'm like, I think Willow is super smart with a lot of the categories that uh, they've been given. And she's been given like, she's been giving beautiful looks that have a little extra thing to it that really gives you like, gets you interested and gets you into it. But this was, this feels like the last thing she packed. I agree. Ross loved her, called her Michelle Visage on a first date as she kept doing it over and over again. Ross gets the mirror mirror because of the reflective pants. He says she always does it uniquely her way. Andra says to play a character whose energy is dwindling while keeping your energy ascending at the same time is not easy, and she was impressed. Michelle says the look is adorable, rocker chic, 70s 4th of July celebration, but mirror, mirror, question mark. I agree. I'll give it a rejection. I love you, Willow, but it didn't work for me. Wasn't it? The audience. 52% reflection, 48% rejection. So kind of in the middle. Next up, Angeria. No designers listed. Uh, listen, I adore the concept. I think she looks stunning. Iridescent is one of my favorite colors. Don't at me. I know what I just said. There is so much movement with the individual pieces, but I am so saddened by the mesh nude illusion. It gives you movement that you won't see in person, but you will see on camera, which ruined it to me. It kind of made her look like she had rings on a tree. That being said, it was one of my favorites of the category in concept. In concept, yes. I think had she switched out the iridescent pieces for something that was truly a reflective yeah this would have been a win a total total win i think um i also think had the nude illusion had what she put over the nude illusion been lighter yeah it would have given it a different feel because that black just makes it feel and it, it just doesn't, doesn't help with cameras it just I, it just in in general i think with uh even with the iridescent fabric it just didn't give me anything that i needed because it was such a blank canvas kind of moment on that part and i know we didn't get to her runway yet but i feel the same way about uh deja sky's runway it was that black nude illusion did (laughs) it just doesn't it feels too just like blank on that and i feel like had she put had she had reflective had ingeria had reflective pieces uh, instead of the iridescent pieces and had like little it's and bits of reflective things on what the nude illusion was and had the nude illusion been a little lighter, I think it would have been a much more successful look in my opinion. Absolutely. Ross says her part wasn't the biggest part and she was keeping her head above water and it could have been smoother. He tells drag queens take note as it was what you should be wearing. Audra says she has no words about the look aside from perfect. Michelle says the word with her is always regal and that is a pageantry thing. She was in her glory with the crown. I liked it. I'll give her a reflection. 
I'll give her a reflection too. Audience, 69% reflection, 31% rejection. I don't know why there are so many, so many haters here, but okay, not going to judge you. Next up, Die Betty. Look by Sergio, hair by Daya. She wants to rock and roll all night and fight with Jasmine every day. If it's kiss, but gay, and I love it. Um, yes, everyone has those wings. They're cheap, but she incorporated them in a way that made them felt like they belonged. The makeup is brilliant. Really a great homage to kiss. Is this groundbreaking? No. Did it fit the category? Sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think Daya looked... Daya had one of the best looks on the runway for me. Absolutely. I think um, aesthetically, it just gave a little more of that reflective uh, feel. Her material was almost identical to what was used on Bosco's pieces. But I think that the outfit was so uniquely Daya that it edged it for me. Because I feel like uh, the one of the another problem with Bosco's uh, not me being the head of the Bosco hater club. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I love you. But um, one of the problems with Bosco's look conceptually as well is that almost anyone could wear it. You could have seen George's in Bosco's look and you wouldn't yeah. have been like, that's that would have looked better on Bosco. You get what I'm saying? Like anyone Absolutely. could have worn that look and you would have been like, and eh, service had Angeria come out in it. You're like, and eh, serviceable. Um, whereas Daya's look was Daya. Like Daya's look is what she has been giving, at least on drag race. And I and this this brings up another point that uh, we didn't bring up, but I, I hear a lot with uh, queens in general. I really can't stand when they see an alternative girl and they go, I'm waiting for you to give glamour. If that's not my thing, that's not my thing. Because no one goes to a glamour girl and goes, I'm waiting for you to give alternative because alternative can be so many different things. It's just an alternative to glamour. So it, it really like enrages me when I see people try to put girls who don't do glamour into the glamour box like glamour is a rite of passage it doesn't have sure. to be and I mean, we, we we did see a little bit with carrie uh where they told her to um quote unquote get ugly and she took it literally which was not the right move to do um right. but yeah if you if you excel at something let you let them do it and if you're able to diversify your uh lookbook a little bit do it play around but i i fully agree with what you're saying it's, it, it's always so annoying to me because I see all the time someone's like, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you to do glamour. Like, oh, I want to see what she looks like fully glammed up. And I'm like, glam is different to different people. I'm pretty sure when Kiss walked out in their, you know, in their, I don't want to call them costumes because, you know, the girls, the girls are turning costume into a slur. Um, joking. But um, <laughs> when Kiss walked out in their outfits, they felt glamorous, you know, Absolutely. when, when, when the, uh, when like artists who did, you know, hair metal and, and, and all sorts of different uh, genres of rock, when they came out in their looks, they felt glamorous. That was their version of glamour. I, I, I really get annoyed when people have this like one tracked mind about a, what glamour is. And when they turn around and have everyone or force everyone who does not subscribe to what that glamour is try that form of glamour as if it is universal when it's not 
Okay. And I think that Daya's rejection of that, bringing, bringing my long-winded uh, monologue back to what we're talking about, I think Daya's rejection of that is so badass and I love that she doesn't go into that. I'm here for it. Andra says she was amazing in the Rusical. She says it's one of the th one thing to be technically perfect and then it's another thing to have the perfect amount of energy and she combined the two in a magnificent way. Ross says small parts are a big risk, but she was able to find the little moments that took her to the extra level. Ross tells her she looks really sharp. And Rue loves the outfit and how shiny it is as she is a big Kiss fan. I'll give it a reflection. I'll give it a reflection as well. Absolutely. Audience, 89% reflection, 11% rejection. Deja Sky, hair by Gigi, cage and mirror by Andrew Christopher. Get out of my house. Are you kidding me? This is atrocious. Friends, welcome to the latest entry of the worst looks of the year because someone let Deja out of this house in this look. She literally had a beautiful nude illusion bodycon that she decided to cut out iridescent fabric that looked like an arts and crafts project. If this was a design challenge, safe. But she made this on her own before the show and walked out saying, I'm the shit, girl. You are not. I need someone to change my mind about Deja. I can't handle it anymore. How did we lose Alyssa Hunter so early and she is still there? Damn. Damn. <laughs> I hated this so much. Drag her mom. Um, Deja. Deja. Baby. My love. Um, I really like the concept. Because when the concept of mirror, with the concept of mirror, mirror, which may or may not have been what they actually got uh, on their on their pamphlets or whatever, um, that concept of giving the girls like an evil queen sort of look because of the mirror, mirror thing, which in the the movie that they're referencing, which is Snow White, she says magic mirror, but go off, me being a nerd again, um, the concept of an evil queen situation is everything but the execution and the style choices are just not they're not there and i think i think what you said before about uh her needing a maybe a collaborator this is one of the most poignant examples of that like had someone come in and went hey listen love this concept i think this is how we can take it to a place where yeah. it can be much more impactful than what you're giving. This could have been left a sketch. Yep. The show says you have to you have to be seen in these productions and they were losing her until the rap came where she came to life. She calls the look pretty and tells her she wanted to go up to her a few times and pull the dress down. Andra was so happy to inside watching her walk the dancers on leashes and she will probably practice that at home. Ross says he doesn't get mirror. And Rue says she isn't getting much mirror, but it is reflective. Rejection. I hated it. Clearly, I hate it. It's one of my least favorite looks. Rejection. It it was it was bad. It was bad. Bless the heart, it was bad. Audience, 7% reflection, 93% rejection. So that one or two people who you, you are very kind people, and I appreciate you. I hope you will vote good things for me if I ever have a vote about anything. Not, not 93% reject my, yep. my yep. word. And finally, Georgia's look by Michael Brambilia, hair by Joey Stone. I appreciate where she was going here. The execution was mad. The individual mirror pieces work. And of course, she was going to show you skin because it's Georgia's. The hair is fun and different for her, for her, but the proportions really showed off that she is in fact 5'2". 
The boots were too high, way too high. Again, proportions, little one. Work on the proportions. You know, controversial yet brave. I liked it. I liked I'm it. For it. I think. I think there are some pieces that could have been tweaked, and I think the the proportion critique is very correct. I think had she had the boots been a couple inches shorter, yes, as opposed to because the boot line and the dress line were like kissing. Yes, I were. think had the boot line been shorter because I wouldn't have shortened the dress had the boot line been shorter and had the boots been the same material as the dress uh-huh. I think she definitely could have made that look more impactful in that way I think if the I think if the boots and the gloves were the same material as the dress with a different lip it would have been one of the best looks of the night because I think the dress is really really beautiful and it's very um different from what Georges usually does and that hair that hair and that glam was very different from what Georges usually does well not not the face her face was like very much a Georges face still gorgeous but like you know not like reinventing the wheel or anything um the hair was gorgeous it was very Miley Cyrus uh I think the choices to kind of frame that dress that was that color and that material around black hair dark lip, black gloves, black boots, wasn't the best choice. I think had she, like I said before, had she had the gloves and the boots been a little shorter and made of the same material as the dress, it would have been a much more impactful lip, especially uh, impactful look, especially with a, a nude lip that would have made her face a little more open Yeah. with that um, and taken, uh, put more focus on the eye and the hair with that being so different from what she usually does. I think that would have been a much more impactful look, but I do, I do like it the way it was. Do I think that she was going to win in that look? Absolutely not under no circumstances, but I think that the look for what she gave had very little to be critiqued and she still looked absolutely stunning. Absolutely. Michelle says she started off strong and then it was like, bye, she faded away, which is weird because you can never take your eyes off of her. When it's not just her, she fades away. And Michelle is so glad she's not wearing a bra and panties and calls a look different from her. Ross says there was a disconnect from her body was doing and what her face was doing. He didn't know who the character was. Andre says the look is beautiful and the body is beautiful. I'm going to give a reflection. I think it could have been better, but for what it was presented, I am here for it. Definitely a reflection. The audience, 55% reflection, 45% rejection. Overall, not everyone was feeling this runway. Yeah, the girls are pretty split on on most of them, in all honesty. Was not the best category collectively, but no. I think that that's a that was like a that's production a category problem. mistake. I also feel like this yeah. was just a bad uh, prompt in general. I agree. I feel like I I definitely feel like Drag Race is at a point where at season fourteen, about to be season fifteen, we we have enough we have a wealth of categories that we can revisit. I think sure. there, are some, there are some categories that could definitely be revisited, especially in some of the, especially from some of the earlier seasons, like a, a, part, a, a part two to like a post-apocalyptic runway with the way that the girls bring it now, budget-wise, oh, yeah. could be everything, could be sickening. I think um, 
I think they should bring back the annual, I'm not sure if they have it uh, this, this year, but I think they should bring back the annual color runway. Like, you know how uh, season six, they had black and white, yeah. season 11, they had orange, season 12, they had um, purple, season 13, they had yellow. I think that they should bring that back because I don't think that they've used all the colors in the rainbow, but there are definitely some, some categories that can be revisited. Like season three, season three had amazing categories that could be revisited. That like those like space themed ones, the, um, the cake ones, like they could, and I feel like that would be a great callback to seasons past if they use some of those categories uh, now. But I think trying to come up with new things, maybe at the end of the day, nothing is new under the sun. You know what? There's a lot of great international seasons that you could pull some references to. I am obsessed when they do like cultural things. That's what I think is making these international seasons so important and so special. Lean into it even more. And let's be real, like even if you want to do a night of a thousand, blah, 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 whoever, let's continue doing that. There are so many more icons we can pull from. Oh, abs- absolutely. And I think that Drag Race has kind of learned that you can do nights of a thousand uh, icons that span. There are plenty of divas that span decades where it's like we're not pulling like a love J-Lo love j-lo talented talented individual but like j-lo has the 90s the 2000s and now you get what i'm yeah. saying in Absolutely. terms of like looks but like share share has so many different looks that are not just the turn back time and like the 70s like hair to the ass but even if you even if you pull from share in the 70s there's so many different silhouettes that she went for and yeah. so many different things that you can do with your hair with your clothes and whatnot um and they don't also they also don't have to be uh, pop divas. You can do a night of a thousand Audrey Hepburns and like absolutely. There's a wealth of looks you can get into. Um, I'm not sure how someone like Georges, who doesn't know theater, would uh, fare <laughs> in something like that. Bless her heart, Georges. I don't hate you. Um, yeah, I, I, there is there's so much that they could pull from, um, and sometimes it just takes a refresh of the production team to make it happen. Yeah, I think that there are a lot of I think there are a lot of things. Drag Race is at a point, which I think is a good thing, where they've lasted enough that they can be self-referential. And to newer fans, it'll just be something new. And to older fans, it'd be a callback to other parts of the show or other seasons of the show that they love that they may not even really have revisited themselves. Absolutely. Well. Speaking of things that get revisited, the dreaded question has returned. Who would you send home? Shall we see how the Queen's answered? Lady Camden kicks it off. Yeah. I live for this question. I it's live for TV. this question. I, Kevin, I, need it, I need it twice every season. <laughs> mean. I'm here no, for I it. Do it. Camden, I do it every day. I do it every week. Who should go home and why? I'm here for it. Well, Cameron kicks us off and says Bosco purely based on the night. Bosco says based on critiques and track record, she's going to save Georges as she's been in the bottom the most out of the girls. Willow says Bosco fought so hard for the role and it shouldn't have been what was expected. Angeria says Bosco. Diabetes says Bosco. Deja goes with Bosco. And Georges says Bosco as she really, really wanted the role and she was trying to get it. She was trying to put Lady Camden down and put a very bad taste in her mouth. She will go on to say 
if they want to talk about track record, she was at the bottom three times in one episode. The library is officially closed. Fully. Uh, but does that count, though? Was she really in the bottom three times in one episode? Does that really count? I mean, that's fair. She lost three times. She did. That she did. Or two um, times. She uh, won one. Right. Um, but no tea, no shade to the girls. I know it must hurt when everyone says one person. That that must be very, very intense to have to go through. Absolutely. But like, no she, no, no, no she. No tea, no shade to the girls. Bosco was, I believe, the first of the pack to win two challenges. That's correct. So if, if we're talking, if we're talking, you know, status in the competition, yeah, she had a bad night tonight, but like, not not miss one win in four bottoms telling me that based off a track record, baby, I have two challenge wins and this would be my first bottom bottom two placement right. if we want to be real. Like, and there are plenty of girls in that very similar boat where they, they have multiple bottoms and one challenge win or, you know, I think all seven of them have a challenge win. But like, yeah, they have one challenge win in like two bottoms or this or that or, or you know, consistently placing low or safe or stuff like that. Like, right. girl, Bosco has one of the better track records. I know the night was bad, but like, if we're going to talk track record, but maybe my, my Bosco stand might be uh, spiking right now. So I don't know. That's fair. Well, Rue has made some decisions. Lady Camden wins the week. $5,000 and a trip to New York City to see Mulan Ruse. I'm jealous. Day, Daya, Willow, Angeria, Deja are safe, leaving Bosco and Georgia says the bottom two. Do you agree with all the results? Uh, um, I don't, I, I want to say yes, but I, I, no, no. I think the bottom two should have been either Deja and Georgia's or Bosco and Deja. Because I Do think you want Deja, Deja in that bottom? I, I think Deja's look, I think Georgia's look was better than Deja, especially given the fact that Georgia's look was different for Georgia's. And I know that one of the things that the judges really look for is variety. I think that the look was different. I think that <clears throat> while both of their jobs in the Rusical were serviceable, they both got the critique of like, we lost you at one point, And then when the spotlight was on you, you gave. So I feel like with the same critique and Deja having a less than favorable look more so than George's, I think that that should have solidified a bottom two spot for her. But I also feel that the fact that Bosco fought so hard for the role to not do as well as she could have, because let's be let, let's be real, Bosco wasn't horrible, but the fact that she fought for the role and didn't do as well as she could have is what warrants a bottom two placement for her. But I don't think that Georges was that bad. In I, I do wonder if Rue knew certain things that were to come uh, because I think she wanted, uh, you know, the candy bar moment to happen and knowing what the next challenge was going to be, she knew Bosca was not going to be at the bottom there. So she right. kind of made, like she needed someone to lose against Bos uh, beat Bosco and there was no way in hell Deja would beat Bosco. It just wouldn't happen. Yeah, just a just a theory, but that's that's also true. Bosco doesn't uh, want to lip sync against George just because she's pretty. Sure, 
RuPaul has put herself as an organ donor for Georgia's because she's obsessed with her. Same. I mean, Georgia's, but, Georgia's kind of is that girl. Georgia's is, the, Georgia's is the girl that I think that you look you look and you're lip syncing against her. It's kind of a wrap. You you feel you feel defeated. Georgia's yeah. lip sync wise, I think Georgia's is uh, and I know there are going to be some girls that are going to attack me for this, but Georgia's is kind of on par within Alyssa Edwards, where like if you know you're lip syncing against her, sure. you you either bring your A game or you already feel defeated like i think if they continue the lip sync assassin trend on the future on future all-star seasons georges needs to be on that next season because baby she twirls down all right the song is heartbreak hotel the remix by whitney houston i've literally never heard this song in my life and i don't know why um so apologies for that i liked it it was it was all right i i would have appreciated uh the actual ballad same thing with unbreak my heart i would have appreciated the actual right. ballad because they never they never give those girls very 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 few and far between truly rarely do they give the girls legitimate like pour your heart out almost a park and bark nani. ballad nani who was our yeah. guest this week andre day what what's her big song rise up why did we not use it you want to talk about park and bark show me that lip sync right i mean i said the same thing in season what was it 12 when they had normani and they didn't use her song and i'm like girl i thought i thought that that was the point of that should be the point of getting a musical artist to judge on drag race it it should be a tie-in for like because i remember when they used to do that like paula abdul whenever they brought paula abdul they were doing a paula song when they brought Lizzo, right. they did a Lizzo song. Like, and I, I when agree. they had Ariana, they they um they did an Ariana Grande song. I feel like that should be a tie-in for any musical music-based uh, celebrity guest. And it also, in all honesty, it also helps them blow up. I think they did that Absolutely. for Ava Max this season. Sure did. Yeah, they did that for they did that for Ava Max this season. I feel like that should be because everyone is well aware of like the drag race, the post drag race blow up that a lot of the art, these artists have. Cause like yeah. Ariana Grande came on around that time of like break free and she was kind of getting into being, you know, the, the pop, the pop diva that she is. But it was, the, I feel like drag race had a hand in like blowing her up, blowing her up yep. because her next album was, she became Ariana Grande, you know, yep. biggest pop star in the world. Same thing with Lizzo. Lizzo was kind of low key prior to her Drag Race appearance. And then she became like one of the biggest acts in the world. Lizzo, I feel like this is something that they should have done because you see a big, you see the contrast of like when they don't do that for girls like Normani, who I love, but could have had that moment of like really blowing up past that point. And I, I, they fumbled, I they fumbled the bag and dropped the ball here. All right, well, Bosco's going to take her helmet off, and it's going to be the Battle of the Tiny Wigs. I, as I said before, I really love this wig on Bosco. <laughs> she looks hot. She brought an intensity to the performance, but is she really giving them the lyrics as heard? I don't know. Georges was in a tough spot because this was not a full dance song, but when it got to that bridge, she found a way to pop and lock and really gave a fun performance. I was impressed with what she did there. Georges is very talented. 
Yeah. I, 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 especially, Georges is one of those girls to me, and I, I mean this as a compliment, Georges is one of those girls that shouldn't do Drag Race because their talents are so uh, stage-based. And the only sure. time that you really get to shine when you're like a, uh, you know, a lip sync performance divas when you're in the bottom two. So it's you like- You'll be fine on Work the World Tour. Right. It's like when you're, when, when that's your, your, your shining star, your crown jewel talent. And the only time you can really display that is when you're in trouble on the show. It kind of puts you in a, in a weird spot because George is an excellent performer as as we've seen with plenty of other girls who are excellent performers excellent lip syncers jasmine kennedy as well excellent performer excellent lip syncer um but it takes being in the bottom two and having to lip sync where people go oh she's i'm living for it whereas like yeah. you know there are girls who are like a lady camden who are like you know actresses singers dancers and they get to shine in what the actual challenges are so it's a it's really? a really complicated situation when you have queens whose talents rely heavily on like their stage performance. Is this a lip sync I'm going to remember? Probably not. But what we're going to remember is what happens next. Georges is saved. And if you notice, she did have her chocolate bar in the back of her look. Um, so it was there ready to open had she been eliminated. But it means Bosco yeah. has to rely on the drag gods for her fate. It's time. Bosco opens the chocolate and the season will never end. She's got the golden ticket, and Rue is like, "Oh my god!" And everyone on the internet's like, "Rue, you knew. Stop acting." It's, it's <laughs> nothing will be funnier to me than RuPaul's like facial expressions when she fully knew the outcome. When when Alyssa yeah. got eliminated in All Stars two, and she's like, <gasps> "And I'm like, girl, we know you know who has which lipstick. Let's be right. let's be real. Let's be clear." I think the only time she was ever truly gagged is when Dayla was like, baby, I'm going home. Yeah. I agree. Every, every other situation when I'm like, Ru, RuPaul. Now, Miss RuPaul Charles, let's not. Let's Give not her an Emmy. The queens are gagged. Are they happy as they all know they now do not have that golden ticket? Probably not. But Bosco finds it insane to get a second chance and one that was not even from Ru. But that's the tea. That's the game that they set on for the season. This is the fate. Let's just talk about the highlights of Untucked because overall, very boring, very generic. It was basically rehashing yeah. everything that had already happened. Um, I have a question though. Does, yeah. and this is probably, it probably boils down to personal opinion. Does Bosco's losing of the lip sync count as her being eliminated since she was never formally told to sashay away i know i know drag race rules are very like fluid <laughs> and they're like girl if she didn't say it then she wasn't lipstick she wasn't you know she wasn't she didn't get eliminated because sure. RuPaul didn't say sashay away so i'm like does 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 bosco count as like an elimination if she was never sure. formally told to like sashay and she got the golden ticket and whatnot i think in this case yes um i personally when i said earlier 313 bosco's the one for me i don't think she can win the crown because she was technically going to be eliminated that's my personal opinion i know that there are going to be people who agree with that people who don't agree with it and that's the beauty of reality tv because we don't know the answer yet 
Um, because right. that's 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 the point that that's the point that I uh like that comes up for me. If she was technically eliminated, it kind of almost tanks her chances of winning because no that's queen has ever been eliminated, quote unquote, um, quote unquote, has gone on to win the crown. But and on the opposite side of that coin, being like a, a RuPaul, a, a drag race statistics nerd, Lady Camden is also technically kind of out of the race because no no rusical winner has ever gone on to win the season. Every sure. rusical winner, Courtney Act, Rose, um, who won the rusical in season 12? Uh, Gigi Good. Any of those girls that have won the Rusical have gone on to not win the season. And I think if, if quote unquote tradition carries on, that means that technically Bosco and Camden are kind of out. So it's between Willow and Nigeria at this point. It'll be very interesting to see. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I find it interesting. Again, reality, con- reality TV connoisseur, uh, Survivor never had that situation happen until a couple seasons ago where someone who was eliminated came back into the game and then ended up winning the season. First time for everything. So it could happen. Nothing is out of the window yet. I feel like I don't count it as an elimination only because she didn't miss anything. It's not like she got told to sashay and like went to the hotel and they were like, oh, she got the golden ticket. She's back tomorrow. Like she kind of just got the chance to stay. The same way that like when they called Simone, uh, to, to, to be the winner of the lip sync against Candy and Candy, they told Candy like, hey, you know, I'm not ready. I'm saying they like RuPaul is a group of people. <laughs> um, Ru tells Candy like, I'm not ready to see you go. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, cause like no one, no one holds that against Candy. No one's like, you were eliminated before. Like you, you, you never see that in her like. I'm the only one who does that, but uh, that's, <laughs> that, that, that was me last season. Um, but this untucked. Yeah. Basically, we're rehashing what happened with Camden and um, Bosco. They're going to make up, basically. Um, Daya's going to instigate, of course, and d- does call Lady Camden a brat for how she was acting, but was she really I, not really? Baby, if I was Lady Camden, I would have been smug as shit that entire time. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, um, that's so unfortunate. You got the role you wanted and you didn't do well in it, and now you're possibly <laughs> being eliminated. While I got the role I didn't want, and I'm in the top, that's so weird. The oh, other big moment, me. the other big moment of Untucked was we got to see Lady Camden's mom, which we're seeing very interesting video messages. Um, this could be a good thing for her arc as a winner. I don't know, um, but oh, it was really I sweet. Her mom is so adorable. Uh, I, I just love seeing family members who just adore their kids and just love sending yeah. them on this journey. It was really touching. Yeah, definitely. I, um, I think this is just my theory. I think the girls who get video messages, cause I'm pretty sure they all get those video messages. Like sure. I think the production probably gets all those videos at the same time. And it's yes, a matter absolutely. of like when we want to show this person, this message. I think the girls that get video messages later in the season it's kind of a hint, hint of like who we want you to be endeared to. Correct. Therefore, um, who, you know, who we're, who we're looking for in terms of who we're crowning. So Correct. I think that this was one of those moments where it was like, we want you to be a little more endeared to Lady Camden, just in case we crown her. You I like agree. her. 
We did get to see Andre Day backstage for a little bit. How long she's actually there for? It felt like she was there for 10 seconds, but she was probably there for what, 15 minutes with them. But they only showed us a very, very short time. Um, but she did tell them that it's okay if you don't know how to act. She didn't know how to act. And then she became an, uh, a nominee for what she did. So Didn't she win a Golden Globe for, sure, for I her, believe uh, so. United States versus Billy versus Billie Holiday? She may have. I, I'm not, I don't remember. I, I was so stuck on this year with the Oscars and everything that I'm like, I don't remember last year yet. I it, I was obsessed with that movie. I watched it, it several times. I am obsessed with Billie Holiday. I also watched um, Audra McDonald's bringing it back to theater. Watching uh, I watched Audra McDonald's um, Lady Day show several times a month. Yeah. I I could sit there like when I when I'm like, there's nothing good on any of these streaming services. I'll go right to that. I'll go <laughs> right back and watch that. It's she's so good in Billie Holiday. Billie Holiday is one of those people to me, I look, I look at it and I go, what a life. Like she, she lived such an interesting, interesting experience. And then to be as big as she was and as talented as she was, but not being, you know, anyone's like classical train. She didn't have a very expansive range. She, it, it about two octaves, but she gave you such passion and such, uh, originality in the way that she's saying uh, not not me turning into a billy holiday stan account on this yeah. drag race podcast but um yeah i'm obsessed with billy holiday which made me obsessed with uh andre day when she did the movie absolutely well i got some burning questions to wrap up this podcast are you ready give it to me usually this is where i say what is the person who's like uh who went home what's their legacy i guess i have to ask what's the chocolate bar twist legacy going to be I think the chocolate bar twist was good. I think the impact of having so many non-elimination episodes will leave a little bit of a sour taste in fans' mouth, but I think it will help season 14 in terms of like their quote-unquote highlight reel of sure. moments throughout the show that people are always going to remember. People are going to remember the chocolate bar twist, and I think Bosco was a perfect person to have, yeah. have like to, to, she was the perfect candidate to have be the recipient of the chocolate bar, the 100%. golden, the golden ticket, the, the gold spray painted chocolate bar. But um, I think had it been on anyone else, it wouldn't have been as impactful, except for maybe Carrie. Sure. But I feel like that's because she was such a fan favorite, or is Absolutely. such a fan favorite. I love Miss Carrie Colby, baby. She's someone that if Rue was like. Yeah, we're, we're bringing Carrie back today. That's just what I want to do. I, I'd live. I love Carrie on this season. But I think Bosco was a good recipient because it, it gave drama. It gave tension. It gave like an actual front runner with multiple challenge wins could be out of here, which I, I think the fans haven't seen since All-Star 6 when Trinity was eliminated. Because Trinity was like a legitimate front runner who got eliminated very close to the end. And that was super shocking. And I think that Absolutely. That would have caused same, the same emotions um, had Bosco been eliminated again because she was one of the first girls to win multiple challenges on this season, has been doing consistently well. And up until the episode before this uh, was a girl who was kind of like the person to beat. It was, it was, she was really neck and neck with Angeria. So I think she yep. was a great person to have win, be the girl who got the, um, 
the chocolate bar. And I think that this is something that they could definitely incorporate into future seasons. I don't think that it being a chocolate bar will be a thing that stays. Yeah. But I think that they could definitely bring that into future seasons, at least maybe the next two. Because after three yeah. seasons of it, it's going to get stale. Just like the, you know, queens pick each other to eliminate, the, it gets stale after a certain um, after a certain time. So I agree. I I I love it. I think I think it was good. I think that they should definitely bring it back. I think the beauty of having this season be the trial season is that they can kind of see what worked and what didn't, and fine tune it to let it be really like real good. Absolutely. All right, we got a roast next week. Should we just eul- eul- eulogize Georgia now? This can't go well for her. Oh yeah, she's gone. Like Lesser not, her. it's not gonna work. She's 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 gorgeous. She's a great performer, and Georgia's is definitely gonna be one of those girls that immediately upon leaving Drag Race will be snatched up to be in someone's work the world, yep. someone's tour, and will be twirling the world over. But a roast? Yeah, not gonna work. I also feel, have you seen, are you aware of Georgia's like presence on Twitter? I'm not, I'm not a Twitter person. Um, I only oh. know her presence on Instagram and the posts she's posted about her two boyfriends and throuples. So I'm still mad at her, but no, tell me about Georgia's, it. Uh, I remember uh, not so long ago, Cynthia Lee Fontaine said something about Georgia's like look or win or something like that. And she replied with like, and that's why your car is messed up. Like very blunt. Kind of mean, but like very blunt. And I don't think that that would translate well into roast jokes. I feel like it's going to be kind of a Utica edit where it's like, boy, this is just mean. Yeah. It's funny to you, and it's mean, and it's mean that's kind of true. So it's extra mean. (laughs) Yeah. We'll see. I ask every week. After 12 episodes, the winner of the season is? Angeria, Willow, or Bosco. I, I, I know. Uh, I don't know. I, you know what? I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to lay it all down. I'm going to say Lady Camden. I, I, I just, there's something about her that I adore. Um, I want her to break the curse. I just love Lady Camden. This episode made me fall in love with her even more. I... Um, this is going to be a weird, controversial opinion. I don't want Lady Camden to win because Lady Camden is a queen that I would want to be free enough to do whatever she wants to do. You get what I'm saying? I love that. I appreciate that. Yes. Winning Drag Race comes with a lot of like, you got to be here and smile and you got to do this and you you have to wow needs you to come down here and do this and smile and wave and say a few words here and blah 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 and you know the winner you gotta do the winners walk at drag con and blah 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 and i i i look at camden the same way that i look at like a bimini i know everyone wanted bimini to win uk too but i love the fact that bimini is free enough to go do whatever she wants that's fair she can go, i appreciate they, that they can they can go i wrote a book i can go on tour or not as the winner of Drag Race, you can't go, I'm not doing that. I'm not going on tour. It's right. like, you have to, you won Drag Race. This is the, you know, this True. is the, you're mandated to do certain things. And I think Camden is too talented to be tied down for the better part of a year doing things that she may very well possibly not want to do. I, I, I appreciate that. that. I like that answer. She can take, I think in this next year, she can take what she does 
anywhere in the world. And I, it's the same thing. I feel the same way about like a, like a Georges or, a, or, or an Nigeria where I feel like, or a Willow where like they can kind of take what they do and take it to a thousand without the limits of someone going, you represent this company, this, you know, this company, this station, sure. this production company, and these people, you can't say that you can't do that. I think someone like Angeria would be able to handle that, especially being a pageant girl. And I think that someone like Bosco is a good, um, a good mix of like being able to do those things without looking like she's doing those things, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. But I think someone like Camden, I think someone like Georges wouldn't be able to do that. I think someone like Deja would be able to do that, but doesn't have enough fan support because of the way that she's been perceived on the season. And I think that, uh, Camden just has too much to offer to have to be attached to the things that fair. the drag race have to be attached to for that long. That's totally fair. I mean, I, there's, I, I would say there's one example of a recent winner who hasn't really been tied to WOW and said, I'm doing my own thing. And that's Sasha Valor. But Sasha Valor was always going to be that person. True. But like, wow. Uh, but Sasha, Sasha also, um, Sasha also did all those things that like you had to do. Those like, you know, come here and smile. I'm at DragCon, I'm waving to everyone. It's nine in the morning. I don't want to be in drag. I don't want to be here, but yeah. I'm here, I'm smiling, I'm doing the thing. And it wasn't until after um, the crown was then placed on Aquarius head that Sasha really went on to like, you know, yeah, now that yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like now that Sasha is like, I don't want to say left to her own devices, but now that she can't, it has the freedom to kind of do. And I know that freedom doesn't necessarily mean freedom because contracts, contracts are contracts. Right. And we know that they don't expire the day after you finish your reign. But now that she's been kind of been, now that she's kind of been able to like do her own thing, I think we're seeing Sasha Valor in her finest you know, I don't want to say her finest hour, but like in, in a situation that feels the most her. I agree. If that makes any sense. And I think I would hate for someone as talented and as versatile as, as Lady Camden to have to be tied down to something like that because there are so many places that she could take her drag that I think being the being having the title of the winner of Drag Race would prevent her just for time's sake. Like, right. you know, you have to be, you know, you can't join this production. You have to be here and do this. You can't, you know, you can't go off and do this thing. You have to be here in three months and we have you booked because you're booked out for the better part of a year, year and a half. True. Well, so you know, I, I think it's exciting no matter what that we have so many options as a, for a winner right now. Because sometimes when there's a clear front runner, it's not as exciting. Right now, this is getting exciting because so many people could win and deserve to win. So, yeah, I'm excited. Absolutely. We'll see what happens. I think. Where can we? Oh, go ahead. What were you gonna say? Oh, I was, I was gonna wrap it up. What? Well, so, oh yeah, yeah absolutely I've, I've been talking your face off <laughs> go ahead well i was just gonna say where can we find you on social media venmo and any projects you want to plug you can find me at on instagram at the nani tsunami that is t-h-e-n-a-n-i-t-s-u-n-a-m-i um i am a 21st century girl when it comes to tipping so you can find me on Venmo at Nani Tsunami underscore, that is N-A-N-I-T-S-U-N-A-M-I underscore. 
And if you follow me on Instagram, you can always check my story. I post I post the dates that I am being uh, blessed with bookings and as soon as I get them. So um, follow me and uh, come see me twirl. Let's party. Well, you are brilliant. You are welcome back on the show whenever you want. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I had a wonderful time. A big thanks to Nani for coming on. Subscribe on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. Leave us a review while you're there. And don't forget to visit buymeacoffee.com slash block talk to show support for the pod. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theorthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Thank you.